NASCAR fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. The NTT IndyCar Series is taking a few weeks off after a dramatic 10-race stretch to begin the season, which started back in April. This past weekend, IndyCar was originally scheduled to be on the streets of Toronto at the annual Honda Indy Toronto. But as Canada continues to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic and a slow rollout to vaccinations, that event was canceled for the second year in a row. The next few weekends off is to allow its television partner, NBC, to cover the Olympic Games from Tokyo. IndyCar's next race will be a big one, the Big Machine Records Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, the weekend of August 8th. That will be followed by the GMR Grand Prix presented by AMR at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on Saturday, August 14, which will be part of an IndyCar NASCAR triple header at the Brickyard. All three races will be on the IMS road course. The NASCAR Xfinity Series Pennzoil 150 is later that same day, and for the first time, the NASCAR Cup Series will compete on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course on Sunday, August 15th in the Verizon 200. The final race of a three-race stretch will be the popular Bomberito 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway in Madison, Illinois, in the shadow of the famed St. Louis Arch on Saturday night, August 21st. That's a jam-packed schedule in August. Meantime, there's plenty of work for the teams to do back at the race shops to prepare for the final six races of the season. IndyCar has a full field test scheduled for WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca in Monterey, California on Tuesday, July 20th. One of those drivers who hopes to benefit from the test is Errol McLaren SP's Pato Award of Monterey, Mexico. Award has two wins and is second in the NTT IndyCar Series standings, 39 points behind the leader, Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing, with six races remaining. Here's an interview I had with Award entering the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio earlier this month. Joining us now on the show is Pato Award, who's showing that he's going to be fighting for that championship all season. Pato, you're coming off of your second race victory, how much momentum does that give you going into the second half of the season? Yeah, man. I mean, I feel we've had a great season so far. Uh, we've been sort of inconsistent in places where where we should have been better. Um, so that, that you know, we've definitely taken a hit on the in our championship with those. But um, we just need to continue maximizing. We need we need to maximize what we have, and, and we we need to make sure that we're outscoring our main title contender rivals 
as much as we can every week and from now until Long Beach. IndyCar started off the season with, I believe, seven different winners. Now we're starting to see drivers finally repeat. Alex Pillow, yourself, you're the only two drivers with more than one victory. Are we going to see more of that, or do you still think we've got a couple of first-time winners that are going to pop up this season? I say they, there might be uh, 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 some more first-time winners. Um, hopefully I get my third and fourth and fifth <laughs> and sixth and seventh and eighth. I mean, I, I, honestly, we're going into every weekend wanting to win, but um, it's it's honestly pretty impossible to win every race in the IndyCar Series. It's just too hard, and it's too competitive. That just doesn't exist in IndyCar racing. But uh, what we can do is try and maximize what we have and try and get more, some more wins in the bag. That wouldn't be bad. It's also way too early to say these are the two guys that are going to fight it out for the championship. But you pretty much have to feel like you and Alex will be two of the guys fighting it out for the championship. I sure hope that's going to be the case. Uh, we still have some racing to go and a lot of points on the table, but uh, we're, we're definitely on track. So we just have to continue uh, maximizing what we have. And are you also concerned that maybe the six-time champion might? Uh, the guy's always going to be there, and he's going to be there until the last race. Um, you can never count him out. And same with Joseph. I mean, the, the guy's going to claw his way back, and he's going to get in the fight as well. Well, yeah, we're, we're coming up on some of Scott Dixon's best tracks on the rest of the season. And the fact is he started off fast, he had a little bit of a lull. Not that far out, though, so you have to really feel like those guys that you just mentioned are going to be the other guys you're going to have to. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough, uh, but we're up for the challenge and we're ready. What do you see is the biggest reason uh, you're improving from last year to this year? Um, tired of finishing second. Yeah. Well, last year you were in the championship battle all the way to the end, but you hadn't won the race. Obviously, winning the race is a key to probably getting over there. So the mindset, tired of finishing second, just is that something you thought about all winter? Yeah, it's just, oh man, it's just, I was so frustrated because I, I, I keep seeing, I, I kept seeing just uh, either races or articles, oh, and Lower loses again, or Newgarden beats over to the finish line. It's like, you know what? My name's going to be the one that's beating people next year. And... You know, we just we we need to we need to continue what we're doing, and I feel like very different to last year is that, I mean, midway through Scott had a hundred point lead, but we're in the fight this year, so we need to maximize what we have. And our final question here with Pato Award: You dedicated your last victory to your teammate Felix Rosenquist, who was injured. He's returning at Mid Ohio. How important was that to be able to? give that victory to it him. It felt good, man. I mean, I, I, I love having Felix around, and, and, and when I saw that that, that, that crash that he had, it, man, it hit us all. It, it was it was just a very hard, nasty impact, um, and, I'm, and I was so glad that he, he was okay. But I texted him that morning. I checked up on him. Hey, man, how are you feeling? How'd you, you know, how was your sleep? And I said, man, I'm going to win this for you. And, uh, and it felt really cool to be able to do it. Paddle Award, Errol McLaren, SP. Congratulations on your great season so far, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Renus VK of Ed Carpenter Racing returned to action at Mid-Ohio after suffering a broken clavicle in a bicycle crash during a workout near Indianapolis last month. VK started 11th and finished 16th in the July 4th Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, but completed every lap. The driver from the Netherlands spoke of his recovery and his outlook entering the race when I interviewed him at Mid-Ohio. 
Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Renus VK, who's returning to active duty at Mid-Ohio for the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Renus, how does your collarbone feel? I understand you've got as much hardware in it right now as you can find at a Lowe's home improvement store. Yeah, um, my collarbone feels feels great, actually. Uh, no issues, and could just walk around without pain, and I just wore a backpack, which was uh, pretty heavy, and no pain at all, and... Uh, I think it's going to be going to be fine in the car. Uh, just uh, yeah, I think it's going to be good on track. And all the hard corners, like all the high G-force corners, are left-handers, so no issues. I spoke with you the day of the Road America race, and although you really wanted to be in the race, looking back, could you have done it? I don't think so. No, uh, I had a hard time lifting up my arm, just like 90 degrees. Um, so I think, like, if the race wasn't Tuesday, I could have done it. But, like, on Sunday to race was just too soon. So it was hard to accept, but it was a good call by the IndyCar medical team. So what's the level of progress been like since then to now? It's a big step every day. Uh, every day I wake up, I can do a little more. I can put a little bit more force on it. So, um, you know, first, like, at one point, like, I built off my, uh, my painkillers. Last one was in Road America. And then uh, now I'm just, you know, just walking around with no pain. And um, I can sleep on my left side now for the last uh, two two nights. So, uh, yeah, all feels good. With the number of points lost by not starting at Road America, do you feel that that can be made up over the last half of the season? Or do you feel like that's going to probably be the what will keep you from maybe challenging for the championship? Uh, I think it definitely makes it a lot harder, but it stays, well, we're still in IndyCar. It's unpredictable, so, uh, you know, everything's possible, but it's, you know, I'm not really busy with it. I just try to win every race, and uh, once I do that, I'll, I'll be back, you know, back on top of the on top of the charts. So uh, we'll see how it all goes, but I'm just very, uh, very excited to get going. How much of a motivating factor is it that Joseph Newgarden had a similar injury back when he, when he was with Ed Carpenter Racing and in his first or second race back was able to win? Yeah, I guess with good confidence. Uh, I'm pretty sure UCR is a better car now than then. So, uh, yeah, I think we can definitely challenge for the win. Uh, like we had a day on the simulator last Tuesday and it just felt super strong, like better than we uh, like than we general, generally are. So I feel super sharp, super motivated, but also I think we have an awesome car that we uh, that can definitely challenge for a podium or to win. Well, the ironic thing about that was Joseph Newgarden was driving for Ed Carpenter Racing I when know, he yeah. had a clavicle injury. You have a clavicle injury driving the same car Joseph Newgarden drove. I guess that team's got the broken clavicle uh, program yeah, down. We're both... Uh, we're both part of the very exclusive uh, driving with the Titanium Collarbone Club. So, uh, yeah, well, he's doing well with, uh, with his Titanium uh, Collarbone. So I think the cyborgs are taking over. They always say when you have an injury like that, you can predict the weather. Have you discovered that? Um, well... It doesn't swell or anything when it's about to rain? No, no, I just... Uh, Wish it was a little less windy, a little warmer. Yeah. But that's fine. Uh, and as far, though, as there's going to be a long break coming up after mid-Ohio, a month, four to five weekends because of the Olympics, 
how advantageous is that going to be to help you in your recovery? Because by the time we return to Nashville on August 8th, you ought to be pretty much back to the way you were before. Yeah, so I think that's definitely going to help. Uh, wish I just broke my collarbone a few, few weeks after. Um, but, um, yeah, we, uh, we got enough time to, uh, to get back to 100% uh, strength, and I got a good uh, training regime to get back to, uh, to full strength and be fitter than ever. And are you, are you back on the bicycle? Um, I bought a Wahoo kicker. It's, uh, it's something you put on your rear wheel and you can just ride in France, ride it wherever you want. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just inside without moving an inch. So uh, I think that's a bit safer. So how long will it be before you get back on the bike and do some of your I long I think that will be off rides. season. Yeah, just uh, off season, I'm going to build it up. And, uh, you know, right now it's a little sensitive, like just the whole cycling thing. But, you know, stepping on a bicycle doesn't mean you're going to crash. Like, I think over half of the field is riding a bike to stay fit. So uh, right now, you know, it's still, like, in my head. And, yeah, also with the team, I just uh, don't want to do that. Well, some people say it's it's like riding a bike. In your case, I guess it's like driving an Indy car. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Renus VK, driver number 21, Sonax Chevrolet for Ed Carpenter Racing. Congratulations on your rapid recovery, and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Another driver who made a return was Felix Rosenquist of Aero McLaren SP. The driver from Sweden had been out of action since he was injured in a crash in the first race of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix on June 12th. Rosenquist was confident entering his return to action in the July 4 Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio, but his race was short when he was involved in a first lap crash with Team Penske's Will Power and Andretti Autosports' James Hinchcliffe and Ryan Hunter-Ray. Here's my interview with Rosenquist before the weekend at Mid-Ohio began. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Felix Rosenquist, who's returning to the cockpit at the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. Felix, you had a couple of races off because of your injury, your crash. You came in the first race of the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. How are you feeling, and how excited are you that the first race back will be at Mid-Ohio, which is one of your better tracks? No, I feel good, man. It's uh, it's really good to be back in Mid-Ohio, as you say. It's uh, Probably one of my absolute favorites on the calendar. It's a good memories from here. This is pretty much where my IndyCar career started in uh, 2016. So, uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel like everything is back to normal. I, I don't feel like missing out hampered me in any way. I mean, obviously, you lose a bit of track time, but there was nothing I could do about. So I'm just happy to be back and... And, uh, yeah, I feel good to jump in the car again. If you could chronologically describe how everything happened from the moment of the crash until, because I'm sure you probably felt like you could have gotten back into the car at Road America, but what was your timeline like from the crash, from the medical point of view? Well, I had to spend the night uh, in Detroit uh, because they, I was pretty bruised on my stomach, so they were a little bit worried on letting me go, even if I felt I could probably, you know, spend the night at home. Uh, I spent the night there, drove back home, and then uh, I did the evaluation from IndyCar on Tuesday, where they said, you know, my results weren't looking good in terms of uh, 
you know, concussion symptoms. So uh, they they decided I couldn't race. And from there on, you know, the as I was planning to race in Road America, I kind of had to replan to be back here instead, and uh, which allowed me to have a better rehab, I think, from my in terms of a physical standpoint, because I wasn't really worried about the concussion stuff as I didn't have any headaches or anything, so I felt pretty good. Uh, and then I just, you know, I went to St. Vincent's in Indianapolis um, pretty much every day. Uh, sorry, going back to Pitfit uh, slowly but steady. And then the last couple of days before coming here, I was pretty much back to completely 100% in terms of workout. So how much better do you feel prepared now than before Road America? Oh, for sure, better, for sure. Uh, you know, Road America, was so, if they allow me to drive, it's always going to be a matter of, you know, pain limitation, I think, which is never optimal, but it's also something you can do. Like when you have adrenaline, you can do a lot of things. And I, if they allowed me, I would definitely do it. Uh, but yeah, like now I don't really have any worries. I think it's going to be completely fine. And where was the pain? Uh, I had a lot of pain in my chest, ribs, back, foot. Uh, it's a bit of everywhere, but it wasn't anything broken. So just, just pain. Do you have vivid reflections of it, or does it all seem kind of a haze? Oh, I remember everything. Yeah, it's uh, kind of feels like a lifetime before you hit the wall. But uh, no, I can remember it, and which is a good thing, right? Yeah, I, I was going to say it wasn't a lifetime when you hit the wall. No. It was pretty fast, but I <laughs> yeah. mean, were you surprised at just how fast the car? You're going from full speed all of a yeah. sudden, it's just a stop. I mean, I knew, I kind of like, you know, closed my eyes the last moment before I hit the wall, and I knew it was going to be a big one. Uh, and it's not much you can do. You kind of just aim where you think it's going to be the softest landing, and, and then you just hope that... <laughs> Everything is going to be fine. Plus, I believe it's the first time the safety team had to really extricate you out of the car with the aero screen the way they had to. And they took a lot of time in doing that. How much of that do you remember and how complicated was that? How much different was it getting out of the car with the screen than without it? I mean, I didn't think too much about it. I could only look. I was only looking at the sky pretty much all the time because they put my head in a brace um, and it was I just remember it was super hot and I just tried to follow their instructions but they did a good job they they took every caution they could and uh, it was kind of a tricky spot because the car was standing like this and it was on the tire so it was probably the worst possible spot they could do that and they did it like once they made once they pulled the trigger and pulled me out it was all smooth so uh, they, they did an awesome job and the fact that your first race back has been Ohio, one of your best tracks, has to really help you in your transition back because you're so familiar with it. So if, if you were going to pick a track to return to, this would probably have to be it. For sure, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's a good track for kind of benchmark. You know, I, I know I can do well here, and, uh, you know, it would be a good way to see, you know, everything is back to normal. And uh, also, you know, for... We kind of struggled with our road course car a little bit this year, and I think this would be a good place to kind of like, you know, try to make it a lot better, at least for me. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. And your Aero McLaren SP teammate, Pato Award, dedicated his last victory to you. What was it like to hear him say that in victory lane? 
It was pretty cool, man. We talked in the morning, and he, he was like, I'm going to win this one for you, man. We kind of joked about it, but uh, it turned out that it wasn't a joke. And uh, we, I was following the race in the car on the way back home, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool when he said that. It, it meant a lot. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's a quick little guy, and he, he was a man of his word with, with that one. Aero McLaren SP driver Felix Rosenquist, congratulations on your comeback, and good luck at Mid-Ohio. Thanks, man. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Indy Lights veteran and IMSA driver Ryan Norman made his first career NTT IndyCar Series start in the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio on July 4. He drove the number 52 Dale Coyne racing with RWR Honda to a 20th place finish after starting last in the 26 car field. Norman spoke with me about a variety of topics before the race. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Ryan Norman, who's making his IndyCar debut with Dale Coyne Racing with RWR at Mid-Ohio. This is what every driver kind of builds up for, a chance to start their first IndyCar Series race. So how excited are you heading into your first race? Yeah, you know, this is a really huge weekend for me. I spent, um, obviously, the last two years in IMSA racing, just trying to hone my skills and waiting for the right opportunity for this. And, um, yeah, when Dale gave me the call, I was super excited for the opportunity. So we'll see what we can do this weekend. I'm feeling good and confident. We tested here last week, so... Um, I have some laps around here, so yeah, we'll see how it goes out. How did the whole deal come together? Um, so, so Peter Rossi, uh, Alexander Rossi's father, has been managing me over this past year. Um, and yeah, he was talking with Dale, and obviously they have that third car that's able to run this year, and um, Dale was just like, yeah, let's see what he can do. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, it's just uh, really excited to finally get that opportunity to show what I can do in the series. Dale Coyne Racing has a reputation of taking a lot of young up-and-coming drivers and giving them their first chance, and lately his teams have been very, very competitive. So how big of an opportunity do you see that for yourself personally? Um, you know, I'm taking it, you know, session by session. I, I always feel that if I if I do my job correctly and I perform the way I'm supposed to do, that um, things will kind of fall in place. So I'm not really sure, you know, what the future fully holds. But um, obviously, he's a, he's a great guy and he gets a sport and believes in young talent. So I'm really just excited to prove what I can do. It also seems that the last couple of years, at least the last five to ten years, the road to Indy has been paying off with drivers getting an opportunity. And we've had some of the Road to Indy drivers actually fare very well in IndyCar. How do you see that whole system, the way it's improved over the years to now, it really is a good ladder system into IndyCar? Oh, absolutely, I think it's huge. Um, obviously, you go to the same tracks, um, a lot of, you know, there's some of the same teams, like you have Andretti Autosport that's in the Indy Lights and obviously in IndyCar. So um, there's great access to the, to the bigger cars and to the big series. So um, really over the last three years of the lights that I did, I learned a ton. And obviously, like you said, raced against some really good guys that are proving themselves in IndyCar now. So um, really, it's Indy Lights has helped me drastically for this. One of your teammates is Romain Grosjean, uh, came from Formula One. He's built up a pretty good fan following here. Popular driver, what's it like for you personally to be able to have him as your teammate here at Mid-Ohio? It was great, and he was here with me when I was testing last week as well, so um, was able to look off of his data, and obviously he's proven that he's extremely fast this year. So, um, yeah, and very nice guys, helped out a lot, and um, it's always great to uh, to meet a Formula One driver and be able to race and be teammates with one. Also, the car that you've been in has been pretty impressive with guys jumping in and out of it. Uh, it seems to be the audition car in a lot of ways. So what do you think the potential is in that car? Obviously, first race, you want to learn, as you said, session by session. But what do you see as the potential that you have with that particular car? Um, I think, obviously, all three cars are really fast with this team. I think um, they're all set up very similar to each other. Um, and the lap times were close when we were testing. So I feel pretty confident. I got a lot of high expectations going into the weekend. Um, I obviously have to show what I can do. So. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to put like a, a number on it, but I, I definitely can see myself, you know, challenging for podiums. So um, that's kind of where my head's at right now. But as far as when you go into a session, you know, there's a lot of guys been doing this. Scott Dixon's been doing this for over 20 years. You know that this is just the start for you. So how do you kind of draw back or throttle back from what you might like to do, but what you need to do? Obviously, what I need to do is complete every lap that I can. Yes. Um, that's important. I, I need to finish the race. I need to get a full race under my belt so I get that experience. Um, so obviously, if that happens, that's a win. Um, I, I have to get used to the red tires, which everyone has been using. So that's going to be huge. I get one try at that in practice, too. Um, but overall, you know, this is one of my favorite tracks. I've been here. It's probably the most uh, laps I've been at on a track is mid-Ohio. So um, I'm feeling good about it. So I think if we could just show that we're there and that we, we can battle it out, I think we'll be we'll have a good weekend. What about pit stops? Those have to be new to you also. Um, well, I did pit stops in uh, IMSA racing. 
So um, obviously things are a lot faster and uh, cars are a lot more bunched up, especially here with 26 cars, pit lane's pretty short. So um, I feel like it's gonna go well. I think we'll have a couple opportunities to practice a couple before the race, but um, yeah, it should be good. Ryan Norman, he's gonna make his IndyCar Series debut at Mid-Ohio, driving for Dale Coyne Racing with RWR. Good luck and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Indianapolis Motor Speedway president Doug Bowles is always a man on the go. There was no time for Bowles and his staff to relax after the incredible 105th Indianapolis 500 on May 30th, as his efforts immediately were focused on the big Brickyard weekend coming up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway August 13th through the 15th. As you can hear from the following interview, Bowles is a man on the go. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug Bowles. Doug, you got a pretty big race weekend coming up here in about a month. If you could tell our listeners a little bit about it, because I know it's going to be one of the highlights of the summer, not only on the IndyCar schedule, but the NASCAR schedule. Yeah, looking forward to having NASCAR, both Xfinity and Cup and IndyCar, on the same weekend at the Speedway. Last year, we got to have Xfinity and IndyCar on the road course and then Cup on the oval. This year, we're going to do them all on the road course. And this year, fortunately, we get to have fans. So really looking forward to fans getting to celebrate a, a full-on weekend of the best racing in the world. And not only that, you throw in the BC39, you get to have the dirt track fans come over to the 8th mile dirt track that you've built over in turn three at the Speedway. So there has to be something for everybody that particular weekend. Yeah, it's a great weekend. And actually, the, we're going to put the dirt track race is going to be the Wednesday and Thursday following it because of Knoxville. We didn't want to go head-to-head -head with Knoxville and our traditional date going in, so, so we're going to connect the two weekends, so hopefully people stay over and get ready to see some good short track racing uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. And we think some of the Cup guys and Xfinity guys that run short track will probably stay and run as well. What has the fan response been like for the first NASCAR Cup race on the IMS road course? I've gotten a lot of great responses. In fact, just hanging out here in the, in the mounds with the fans here at Mid-Ohio, a lot of people saying they can't wait to come see IndyCar and they're going to stay over and and try Cup again. A lot of folks who had been to the Brickyard in early years, haven't been back in a while, I think are gonna stay because they're gonna, uh, gonna enjoy that and looking forward to a full weekend at the Speedway. Last year was the historic first doubleheader, tripleheader, if you wanted to call it that, of IndyCar and NASCAR at the same venue on the same weekend, but you weren't able to cash in because you weren't allowed to have fans. So now by having fans, NASCAR fans seeing an IndyCar race, IndyCar fans seeing a NASCAR race, how much is that gonna help both sides of auto racing. Well, for me, I think that's what the idea is. Let's get some IndyCar fans to get reintroduced to Cup Racing and Xfinity Racing and get some Cup and Xfinity fans introduced to what happens with IndyCar. Obviously, you know, Jimmy Johnson's helped that a little bit as he participates in the NTT IndyCar Series this year. But really, to have people come see it all on the same day, same weekend at the Speedway, I think will help uh, both sides of the racing fence, if you will, decide, wow, both these series are pretty cool. And also you're adding another major consumer brand as a sponsor to the NASCAR Cup race with the Verizon 200 to have Verizon now, a longtime partner of the Speedway and IndyCar, as part of the NASCAR Cup weekend. How important is that? It's really important. And actually we have, we have three great partners throughout the weekend. So you've got Verizon for the Verizon 200 on Sunday and then having the Pinsoil 150 Xfinity race on Saturday and then the big machine spike coolers IndyCar race on Saturday as well. So we've got three really great partners. Verizon obviously has history in the IndyCar series. Uh, we're excited to have them as part of it for uh, for the weekend uh, and you know like i said having the pencil 150 on the xfinity race as well is going to be a lot of fun 
And a lot of people are still coming off of a high from May 30th in what has to be one of the most dramatic and historic Indianapolis 500s in history. There are some hard-bitten veterans such as Chip Ganassi who basically said that was storybook. That whole race was storybook the way it finished. Elio Castroneves winning his fourth Indy 500. The first time he drives for a team at the Speedway other than Team Penske. Do you still get jacked up just thinking of that moment? You know, as a promoter, one of the things I, you know, people always ask me, who do you want to win the Indy 500? Would it be great for the Indy 500? Obviously, Stepson's Connor Daly, local kitty, be great. I'm Marco Andretti because the Andretti name, but certainly Elio Castroneves because our fans love him, but more importantly, because we need another four-time winner. So to have him win, win in the fashion he did, celebrate the way he did, you could not have asked for a better uh, IndyCar, Indy 500 finish. And I've certainly... I enjoy talking to Elio off and on between uh, the, the checker flag of that race and looking forward to having him back at the Speedway racing in August. And I'm also sure that that's probably helped boost ticket sales for next year's 106th Indianapolis 500. Yeah, so our renewals have been really, really strong. People are ready to come back. Uh, it may have been the strongest renewal year we've had really since 2015 when people were renewing to make sure that they didn't miss the 100th running in 2016. So we're pretty excited about that, and, and I think it's going to be a great year next year uh, in, in May. Now, Roger Penske told us on Carb Day of this year, we get through 2021, we're coming back in 2022 with all the concerts, all the Carb Day events, all the extra events that comes. And his quote was, we want to blow the roof off the joint. So you as a promoter, that's almost got to be permission to just let it fly. You know, one of the great things about Roger Penske is he's so passionate about our series, but certainly passionate about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indy 500. And he gets that the fan experience there is about the race, but it's also about all the other things that take place. And to be able to have a month of May without any restrictions and be able to blow the roof off the thing is going to be a lot of fun. And, and Roger definitely wants people to come back and celebrate and enjoy a month of May like we're used to having. He's a man who loves his job. Uh, if he's not in his office, he's at a racetrack somewhere, whether it be IndyCar or USAC Dirt. Indianapolis Motor Speedway President Doug Bowles, thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thank you for having me. As IndyCar heads into a summer break because its TV partner, NBC, is televising the Olympic Games from Tokyo, let's take a quick look at the standings with six races remaining in the season. Two-time winner Alex Palau of Spain leads two-time winner Pato Award of Mexico by 39 points. Six-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Scott Dixon of New Zealand is third in points, 56 out of the lead. Mid-Ohio race winner Joseph Newgarden is fourth, 69 points behind the leader. Marcus Erickson of Sweden is fifth, 104 points out of first. Simon Pagano sixth, 113 points back. And Colton Herta is seventh, 124 points out of the lead. The next race on the IndyCar schedule is the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on the streets of Nashville on August 8th. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guests for joining us today, including Aero McLaren SP driver Pato Award, Ed Carpenter racing driver Renus VK, Aero McLaren SP driver Felix Rosenquist, Dale Coyne racing with RWR driver Ryan Norman, and Indianapolis Motor Speedway president Doug Bowles for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, they help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at 
Bruce Martin, all one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.